Hello, my name's Errol Douglas. Welcome to the Errol Douglas and Friends podcast. Hello, Hello, everybody. Welcome to Errol Douglas podcast and friends on the Errol Douglas uh, Club. Now, this person I have admired uh, for such a long time, and I'm going to build up to his name and I'm going to say who he is. I've admired him because he's made that great crossover as being a fantastic hairdresser, a fantastic people person, and ultimately in our industry, which people, they don't do so well, is he's the ultimate businessman. Uh, And what people have done as well in our industry, they've always named their salons or their businesses after them. And uh, this gentleman, or this young gentleman, has made the crossover as, yes, he's known for who he is, but his company is called something different. So, please welcome uh, Mr. Entrepreneur, Mr. Fantastic, Mr. Wonderful, great guy. See, I'm getting excited here. I'm going to throw this all around the place. Um, Mark Woolley, entrepreneur, businessman, and three times um, uh, British businessman of the year. Mark, sorry, I've had my little turn. How are you? I'm really well. Thank you so much for inviting me on, Errol. And, and, and firstly, congratulations for this amazing platform. I think, you know, when I first heard about it, I, I was really excited because, you know, I've known you a long time now. Yes. And I think, you know, you're one of the most giving people I've ever met, never mind in the industry, I think. Uh, Thank you. So this ability to share everything you're about with uh, the rest of the industry and especially people coming through uh, I think is amazing so congratulations. Uh, Thank you and I'm going to get into this because there's a lot for us to chat about and um, I want you to um, take people on their journey because your journey is quite important and like I said you've made that fantastic uh, transition of you haven't been scared to start electric without calling it Mark Woolley. And you've made that great uh, transition because I've known you from Saks days um, and I've had great conversations with you about ski. So tell me, because you've started your journey and your journey is far from over. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I Personally, I think all of our journeys in hairdressing they're all quite similar and they're all very dependent on the people you meet I think I think hairdressers as people are normally um, you know they're outgoing and they're creative and and lots of people in the industry are ambitious and I think the great thing I I love about the hairdressing industry and where we're different to people like chefs and 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 musicians and, and people like that is people are all quite keen to help each other along the way, you know? And, and mm. one of the things I've always loved about the industry, you could probably phone most people up and say, hey, can I come and learn this off you if you're a great, I don't know, photographer, or you're great at doing braids, or you're great at cutting a super bob, you know? Or, so, so I love that about the hairdressing industry. And my personal journey, has all been about the, the, the people I meet along the way um, and, the, and the, what they're willing to share with you. And I think, you know, you mentioned earlier Saks there where I started my career, you know, I left school at 16. Uh, I went to work 
for sacks um, when I grew up in the north of England. And um, the two guys that founded it, a guy called Malcolm Hansen and a guy called Dennis Cheeseborough, they had founded this company and, and Ski, who you mentioned earlier, who he is the face and the person who runs that company now, he was there their right-hand man. So they have this thing of bringing people through and, you know, they were, they were looking for people that I think wanted to have a career. And, and you know, I, I was very proud to work for them and, and I believe learned a lot off, off them as well. Well, I've, you know, we've worked together on some amazing shoots and um, I don't think anybody can say they've had um, Anthony Pascolo shoot their collections of pictures and, you know, I've done loads of collections of you with uh, Mr. Moscolo. And I only say that out of pure uh, respect because you know what Anthony's like. You call him Mr. Moscolo, you say Anthony's, no, no, call me Anthony. But people respect him. He's a great guy. So when, and this is, the, this is a question, and I really want you to um, uh, express this to my listeners. Mark Woolley and Electric, why did you start off? Sorry, you are Electric why not call it your name? Because there's a lot of people out there. Do I call it myself? Do I, yeah. Is it a pseudonym, acronym? Why uh, electric? You know, I don't think there's any wrongs or rights um, on having a brand name or your own name. And I think for me, if I'm honest, it was what I was used to. You know, when I was part of the Saks team, I was used to talking about the brand and I was used to saying we and us and our when we're on stage and and um, so I was used to that and and you mentioned Anthony Moscolo there and he you know really have a lot of admiration and respect for him he was in the same position in that he was working for his brother's company Tony and Guy so he was you know I, I would look to what he was doing he was creating all this amazing imagery that I think well if he if Tony and Guy hadn't have had him, I don't think they would have been as successful as they were in, in, in that time when they had their real heyday. So I used to look at that and think, wow, he, he, he created this great imagery, but he made it all look easy and he made it all look like you could go and talk to him and be part of it, you know? And I, and I, think, um, I think lots of hairdressers have got, you've got that, I think, uh, you know, people like Lee Stafford have had that in their time. You know, they've been able to get kids leaving school going, I want to be like him. And I think, you know, if, if, you know, if, if you're in that situation, I think it's correct to call it the Errol Douglas Salon or Lee Stafford or John Frieda or Trevor Sorby. I think that, that would be the correct thing to do. And then it's the, that is the brand, isn't it? Okay, it's a person, but it's a brand as well. I remember when, when I did decide to call it electric and sometimes people say, oh, why, why did you call it that? It doesn't have anything to do with hairdressing. I've even had a few marketing people over the years say about the products, oh, are you sure electric was the right word? Because, you know, a lot of people, who, you know, people wouldn't want electric hair, would they? You know, <laughs> you know so I, I, I was using the word describing the atmosphere in the salon. So we called it electric long before we were thinking about making products. So I, I, my feeling was a client would walk into the salon and they'd meet somebody who was really accomplished. You know, hopefully yesterday they were doing a Vogue shoot or something, but today they're mm. cutting this lady's hair. And they would think, oh, you know, this is gr there's great music and these people are nice. They're not um, 
prima donnas, you know, the friendly, the welcoming, and the vibe of the salon is electric, you know, like if you're at a concert or a football match, you know, the atmosphere was electric. So it came, came from that. And when I was leaving Saks and all of a sudden I did have to have my own, you know, I had my own salons with Saks, but they were obviously franchises and they were called Saks. When I left, I thought, right, needs a, needs a brand name. And do I, I, I didn't believe, if I'm totally honest, I didn't believe I was a big enough, you know, like an Errol Douglas or a Trevor Sorby. I, I thought, I'll, I, but I could build a team. I, rec- I, I could do that, you know, I reckon. And so I, I was, that's why I think initially I thought, right, we'll do a brand name. And one of the people I took a lot of advice from was, was Anthony Muscolo. And, and the other person I took a bit of advice from was Trevor Sorby, who I also admired very much. And when I'd, when I'd finished branding and, and coming up with the name I'd been talking to Trevor about the idea of leaving Saks and I think he assumed I was going to call it Mark Woolley and when I showed him the branding quite a few weeks later he, he opened the envelope and looked at the electric logo and he, I saw his face, change, his face change and he said what's this and I said oh well that, that is the you know a bit nervous now because I could tell he didn't like it I said that, that is the uh, that is the branding of what I'm going to call my salon and he went well, why are you calling it electric? He said, that's rubbish. You know, he said, uh, he said, look, and we were outside, you know where Claridge's is? And the, they have a Gordon Ramsay restaurant in there that it's just called Gordon Ramsay. So he said to me, look, you, you, you put your name above the door. You take conviction for what you're doing. He said, electric, that's a shit name. He said, forget that. And, and, and <laughs> so I remember walking home that night, you know, I lived in Marleybone at the time, walking, and Claridge's to Marleybone, it was raining. I was thinking, oh God, I might, I might have this really wrong here. You know, this is one of your icons. And then I saw to Anthony the next day and he said, no, 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 I like it. You know, it's, it, 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 I think it's good that it's got nothing to do with hair. It sounds a bit quirky. So that's how it came about. And, and you know, it just shows, I think some, it's right. You know, if, if you're in that position, it is right to call it your own name, you know um and i just I, I felt more comfortable doing it that way but um, yeah but, but who knows thank you for electric <laughs> the hairdressing industry thanks you for electric because i just see it growing from strength to strength and um you know you're very much in the fellowship i used to be president in the fellowship and i've been to all of um uh, hairdressers journals um, sorry, Salon International, when we make our stands or whatever. And every time I come past um, your stand, you could have a Volkswagen there. You could have a, I think the last time you had a Rolls Royce there. There's always something, you had a tent there. So tell me, because I know your very, your marketing strategy is on point. So tell me the rhetoric behind the cars. Yeah. It's always trying to do something different. And I think, I was just thinking about the car thing there. You know, you go from a Volkswagen to a Rolls-Royce. I think the Rolls-Royce was in 2019. And then mm. after COVID, I'm going to borrow the Robin Reliant off Del Boy, you know, <laughs> Only Fools and Horses, you know. I'll have that one on after COVID. But, uh, um, you know, I, with Electric, we we always wanted to do something a bit different, you know. And, and you know, one of the things I felt was, we wanted to develop people creatively. Um, mm. So they, we wanted them to do well in the salon and, and we wanted them to do well themselves creatively. And mm. there's obviously lots of outlets like that 
like uh, the fellowship and, and, you know, the people you meet in the industry. So we thought well, if we open a studio, we can create that um, creative environment to train mm. people. So the first thing I, I thought we did was a bit different, was have our own studio. And people had done that before. I mean, An Anthony's obviously had his own studio for, for years. And then now I do, I do think Electric has been quite innovative in the way it's done things. You know, we've got where I am now, I'm, I'm not in London, I'm down in Sussex at our farm, you know, where we develop our own formulas for the products. And, and you know, we've got a big film studio here in a medieval barn. And, um, you know, the, well, last year we opened Electric Space, which was a different way of certainly how I'd ever presented salons before. But I, I felt with that space, we could reach out and work with people. So some people that used to be our competitors or, or, or feel a bit like our competitors, they're now in there working in our studio or hosting an event in our event space that might be promoting their own brand or their own product. You know, it's so I think I, I, I make, the future is exciting to me to mm. be a bit different and try and do things differently. And if I'm totally honest, you know, over the years, some of these things have worked and some haven't, you know, and. I think the trick is when it, when something isn't going so well, you've got to be honest with yourself, um, dust yourself off, and and um, and try it from a different angle. And I think um, you know that's sometimes difficult along the way. In any business, there's ups and downs. You know that nothing ever just takes off all all the way. And uh, I always tell my kids that the way you really learn about yourself is when you're having a slightly tougher time than you've set out to um yeah that's that's exciting to me doing things differently so mark what drives you i know you have an amazing family amazing um support system but you seem to me as a person that doesn't sleep or you're not uh, content with these bags are being... in my eyes i know <laughs> you know I... <laughs> you look great there's no bags that's just life zest for life um, but you seem to me that you just don't rest in that way. So, yes, we know you have salons. Yes, we know uh, product companies. Yes, uh, we know about the space. Yes, uh, the farm. And, and yes, you tour around because we were just discussing you. You know, you were going to, oh, sorry, past tense. You used to go to uh, the States all the time. So I'm going back on Sunday. Oh, see? I'm glad I've caught you. Thank you very much for given um, uh, my listeners this chance but w what drives you and I, I don't want to um, mean it in a corny way because you're obviously taking time to come up with fresh ideas uh, and you know solely because I don't know about your company in that way are you putting it to a board of directors are you putting it to your wife or are you putting it to the managers what happens in that process and say okay I'm just going to do this um, um, uh, electric space uh, in the West End. How 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 does that actually happen? Yeah, I think you've got to you've got to bounce things off people. Um, and electric, we've built quite a good team of people I trust. You know that you you bounce those ideas off. I get a lot from learning off my peers as well. You know, mm. so you and I have been for dinner before, and you know, mm. we did a certain amount of bouncing things off each other. And, uh, you know, yeah. I always like it when you have dinner with someone and you come away inspired, you know, and, mm. and um, you know, so I think you're constantly bouncing ideas off people. But um, 
And some of these things, some of it's your own gut instinct, isn't it? Knowing mm. what to do. I mean, when I told everyone, oh, let's let's do electric space in the middle of the uh, pandemic. You know, a lot, a lot of the people that you should listen to, like the accountants, they were saying, absolutely not. You're, you're insane if you do that, you know. And, you know, it was really a time to try and survive and come through it. And I, I just felt like I needed something fresh to reinvigorate me. And rightly or wrongly, we ignored the advice of the accountants and people like that, and we did it. And but I believe the people in electric were, were up for it and wanted to do it, and we, we 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 got stuck in and you know did that as a team. And it, touch wood, it's going well. So that that to me helped us spring out of the pandemic, you know, which was and and thank goodness the world does feel a bit more normal again now. I know for a long time, I felt that there weren't many people traveling into london as there would be normally because you know a lot of these people who work in london might live in kent or sussex or you know wherever and they're they're, they're working from home you know so i i feel it is returning back to normal now and i feel like that risk maybe has paid off mm. um yeah i think you've got i i what drives me your, your initial question there enjoying what i do and you know like i said before the pandemic i was doing a lot of traveling which had built up it started it started off where i was going to america four times a year and go maybe going for a couple of weeks and five days was work and you know seven or eight days of social and it was all quite nice and over five years it became more work more often to the point where i was spending five months of the year there and i was going every month um when i look when we had the lockdown periods i had a lot of time to think and if I'm totally honest, that's the time in my life where inevitably I've taken my eyes off the business a little bit. And, and it, you know, we, we had to suck up some of those consequences. And I've learned a lesson. I can't do that. I've got to look at a different way now of how we, you know, a big part of our business is in America. But I feel that we've got places like Electric Space and Falmer Court where we can actually, we're the destination. You know, and I think actually, well, there's brands that inspire me. I, I really like what um, Davinus have done in recent years, where they've built it around the fact they develop and manufacture their own sustainable products, and they've got a destination people can come to. So I, that inspires me. I think, okay, we're we're you know quite a few years behind them, I believe, in in size, but. I, I love looking at what people have done. You know, I was really inspired by what Bumble have done. And, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to spend time with Michael Gordon and appreciate Have you been vision. to the Institute? Say that again, sorry, Errol. Uh, the Bumble and Bumble Institute. Have you been to? I have, yeah, in, yeah. in New York. I yeah. have. And, it's, and I just think, you know, so, you know, in some ways I feel, I, I love doing things that are innovative. But if I'm totally mm. honest, some of them, you know, I, I don't believe I'm this like amazing innovator. I, I, I've looked at things that I've thought that's amazing. The House of Bumble was one of them, and you could mm. say, well, that inspired electric space. Yeah, hanging around with Anthony for the amount of years I did, learning off him. I loved the way they built this community of hairdressers. So you, you know, mm. they've they've given us a lot of inspiration. Um, I think what Davinus are doing today. I think well, I, I, there's bits of mm. us that are very similar, but we're much smaller. So yeah. I'd like to. You know, I'm inspired. I think you've got to keep being inspired and keep trying to put that, add that into your own game. If you look at, if you listen to any sportsmen or musicians when they're interviewed, they've always got things that they've 
you know, someone was telling me about singers the other day, and you, when people start singing, they sing like the person they're really into, you know, they really like their music, and then they mm. develop their own style, and I think we're like that as hairdressers or as business people or, you know, whatever. I will sing to anybody who listens to me, but... Um, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I reckon you'll be a good singer, actually. <laughs> I'm not going to... You sing in the that. shower. <laughs> I sing whenever... I can. It just keeps me going. But as a motivational person, because um, every time I see you, we always we always have a laugh. I've never really seen you down. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, what do you do to um, motivate yourself um, first off? And um, what do you do? Do you have meetings all the time to come up with uh, different ideas? But kind of what drives Mark Woolley personally first? And what do you do to keep yourself up? Because your time is time poor because you've been pulled for your family, pulled by your managers, you know. And again, and I think this is very interesting to say uh, to the listeners, you know, you've been a success because you haven't just been London-centric. You, you, you know, you're based in Sussex. You know, you're, you've got um, uh, interests around the world. So it's not about being London-centric. So what do you do to kind of, uh, break that energy up? I think you need time to gather your thoughts and and, and sort of realise your ideas, get them down on paper. Uh, I think you need to be only involved in the things that you enjoy and you want to be in. And that's that's why I think, you know, so many people are involved with hairdressing throughout not just their career, their whole lives, you know. And it's that simple act, isn't it, of having somebody in the chair and if you're doing it right in an hour someone's going to look better and feel better and i think it goes back to that no matter whether you know and, and that's whether you're you know you can be errol douglas in belgravia cutting lewis hamilton's hair and making him feel great or you could be somebody doing it in your garage somewhere in a really small town but this the, the actual feeling is still the same this the, mm. the, the person in the chair if they're happy, they say things like, oh, Errol, that's amazing. I love it. Thank you. So, And in turn, you feel good every hour. So there's a bit of karma, I reckon, in a haircut that, that keeps us all doing it. So I, I think that's important. You've got to keep keep enjoying what you're doing. Mm. For me... And you're sorry. unique because I wouldn't say you're our conventional hairdresser because you go off into so many different factions. I would say you're, you know, the kid, and uh, and I say this lovingly, you're the kid, you're the one to watch all the time. And I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. I mean it as in, a, you know, you're one of those great fresh brands. So what would you say to any of our listeners? You know, because you have to come up with something fresh, you have to come up with something new. But um, what would you say, um, one, to anybody who is getting into uh, the industry and Two, um, where should you market yourself? Where should you um, put yourself? And if we have time as well, I want to talk to you because, you know, you come across a lot of freelancers as well. So... Yeah. Um, definitely it is about staying with, as I said earlier, the things you enjoy. You've got to... I think ideas come to all of us, you know, and, and the trick is to write them down. Once they're written down, um, you know, you, you've got time, time to understand 
how you could possibly achieve them and then it's you've got to set yourself goals you know i think you you know it's something i do every year you know you write i write them down and on new year's eve i've normally got them fairly solid but i'll be thinking about them all throughout december what's going to happen in two, 2022 and you get those things down and sometimes there's some personal things in there there's sometimes there's some hairdressing things in there there's some business thing you know it, it's there, there might be a mixture of you know no more than 10 things but you think well if i can get those done this year that would be good it would you know continually be moving forward because i think once you go stale with anything and that was the big fear for all of us in the pandemic lockdowns once you stop you could go stale and then you lose your momentum you know and i think for hairdressers momentum is very important you know it's you know we saw it in electric and certain members of um, the team came back you know good hairdressers busy with big clientele say things like look you know basically they had eight months at home you know earning you know 80 percent of the salary a lot of people had said you know i just don't want to be fully booked every day now so they've, mm. they've had eight months to think about doing something else all I can say is I, I feel the world has got enough life coaches and, and yoga teachers that used to yeah. be hairdressers. <laughs> but, um, we all work behind but, the chair as a, yeah, as a day I, job. I, you know, I think we're all getting our momentum back now. And look, what we do is what I described earlier. It's having somebody in the chair. It's being good and being current, relevant, doing great work on them. And then, then them telling us they like it. And it is all about that. Um, and that's, you know, that I've tried to apply that to the electric brand. And like I said, that person might not be a paying client. There might be a model on a set. There might be a, you know, there might be sat in a really nice salon in Belgravia, or there might be sat in a, you know, a, a garage somewhere in a, you know, a secondary location. But it, it's, that thing is still what, I think makes us all tick and creatively you're trying to gather new thoughts you're trying to write them down set yourself goals but yeah continually moving it forward that's my advice to anyone and use whatever you can I know now I need time to think about these things I feel so in, good when I've sorry I was just gonna sorry. say I feel good when I've made good use of time so on, on Sunday morning I'm gonna get on a 10 o'clock 10 o'clock flight to New York and there'll be an element of me thinking, oh man, I'm gonna, you know, I'm away from my family now for two weeks and it's, it's gonna be pretty hectic. There's another thought of thinking, actually, we're gonna get things going again in the US and we're, I bet there's gonna be some new exciting opportunities that happen on this mm. trip. And normally, if I, if I get off that flight feeling like I've used that seven hours with my notebook, I come off feeling good. So I, I'm aiming to do stuff like that, you know? Good. So effects of the industry, have you uh, been affected in the respect of um, losing staff? And yeah. are you gaining? Um, what are you doing to gain um, and entice new young people into the industry? Because this keeps on coming up again. I've asked the question a few times, but um, you're one of those um, businesses, stroke salons, uh, an entrepreneur. You've got multiples. Of, um, yeah. uh, so what are you doing to well, uh, I, get people in? I believe. Oh, have you been the, affected as well, Mark? I have been affected. Yes, I have. You know, an electric. So we've got a group of salons with electric that employs about 100 people. 
Um, you know, we've got our own training system as well, so we can, we're accredited, we can award the MVQ qualification. So we, we, we believe in training people and we believe mm. in, I mean, my own daughter's doing it. She's just left school at 16 and joined us as a full-time trainee and I, and I fully believe in it. That's what I yeah. did. It's what you did. It's what mm. we, is what we do. I think as an industry, I'll be totally honest here, and this, you know, might go slightly against the grain, but I, this is me. This is what I honestly feel. I think we've got to do a better job, like we used to do, of making the industry look like a credible career. Because some of the 100%. people, uh, some of the people we have on TV, right, representing uh, the hairdressing industry, I believe are the wrong people. You know, and I think sometimes they put people on there because it's makes good TV, you know, we're going to get somebody who, who might get into an argument with somebody or, or who might be heavy handed with somebody. And then there's a, you know, there's a drama story. Whereas the thing that inspired me into being a 16 year old thinking, oh, I'd like to do something creative and maybe hairdressing is one of those options. You could turn on TV then and on, on morning TV would be Trevor Sorby or um, you know, you used to do that as well, you know, in that, in that era where, you know, you'd be thinking, Hey, there's some credible person here doing some amazing work. And I remember, I rem I can distinctly remember Trevor cutting somebody's hair one morning and restyling somebody's hair on good morning Britain or whatever. This is when I was still at school and he was talking about, hopefully his ambition that year was to win British hairdresser of the year. I remember his interviewing him saying yesterday being driven to Henley on Thames to cut George Harrison's hair. You know, I was like a big Beatles fan. And I remember thinking, wow, that is, you know, this guy has got his own salon in Covent Garden. He is in, yesterday was cutting George Harrison's hair. Today he's on TV. I'm passionate about hairdressing being seen as credible. Um, I think, I think in Britain, we used to have it right because I think, Hairdressing being credible, we've got a global problem. And I think in England, we used to elevate ourselves way above that. We were the real deal. And, you know, you know yourself in times you've traveled to the States and mm. other countries, people do hold British hairdressing in high regard. And I, I think we should be doing everything we can to maintain that. Um, you know, we know what the great job Vidal Sassoon did initially and then all the people that came after him. I think... We've got to knock the car crash TV on the head and the, yeah, you know, yeah. having a... But, but I think from that point of view, and I um, agree, it's, it's up to, and, um, and I'm not going to say it, I'm not going to uh, say it as in, you know, the elders. It's up to people who believe um, they have to elevate hairdressing. And I know from um, me knowing you, you do that, and I, I know I do that. And it is having the right... Uh, ambassadors, the right icons, but also um, I think people have to understand hairdressing comes from the, a place of uh, understanding, love, a, a passion for what you do, but you have to kind of learn everything to kind of both of us to talk about, you know, how brilliant it is. And it is being the uh, right role model for the new people. It's not about all rock and roll because no. um, that doesn't last. No, there's, and there's, there's some amazing people out there doing some amazing things. And I think mm. on the whole, we do do a good job of championing those people doing mm. amazing things. But I think, and we're in transition, you know, in, our, in the last decade, social media has, has become the way everybody communicates, which is great, mm. you know, that 
you know, uh, TV took over from radio, didn't it? You know, mm. radio took over from newspapers. And, and it's, you know, it's great that we've got this uh, mm. thing, but I think what we've got are people running their own comedy shows and drama shows when actually let's get stuck into being, you know, you, again, I'll compare us to chefs. You know, you see the top, top chefs with the Michelin stars and the, you know, they, they come over as very credible. You know, and I think as hairdressers, we should get back to being that. Yeah, uh, I hear you. I hear you 100%. Uh, we're doing it all the time, you know, different brands like myself and you. But it is kind of, you know, we have to uh, get these people at grassroots. You know, we have to get them um, on the apprenticeship side because I, I, I a thousand percent, I believe in uh, apprenticeships. I've seen people come in. Um, who have been um, apprenticeships and especially in the building trade look how um, the building trade has changed but the building trade has a lot of people that they can't find can't find plumbers yeah. can't find plasterers uh, can't find you know you can find an um, an architect but it's it's all a little you know you need all those factions to make that building work That's so yeah so true, Errol, and I think you've hit the nail on the head with apprenticeships because that's the other thing I, I i started hairdressing in 1991 so i'm i'm 46 mm. so i said god when i say that i think that was 30 years ago then i started but started hairdressing amazing. in 1991 um and at that time it it felt like you know you just the feeling of the country was you you could go out there and make it happen you know and if you look at the people that were in government and ran the country these people had all built their own businesses at the at the time, you know, and and it was. I remember when Piers Morgan was the editor of the Daily Mirror. It was the feeling was if you wanted to be a journalist, get get down there and make the tea at the Daily Mirror, you know, and, and work hard and do it that way. And I think hairdressing, the apprenticeship, the you know, same with the building trade and catering and and the rest of it, hard work, getting in there, and you know, and I think. You know, I, I always think now, are we wrapping people up in cotton wool a bit too much? You know, would would Gordon Ramsay have been Gordon Ramsay if he hadn't have worked in Marco Pierre White's kitchen? You know, mm. where it was probably quite tough, you know, but you're working with a guy who's a perfectionist who's obviously... Not that I'm saying it's right for some the leader to be aggressive, but, you know, <laughs> we, we, you know, I, I don't, I'm not saying I condone that. I'm saying those guys I, I i would imagine were on a yts scheme and they were working long hours and they were sleeping on each other's sofas and the rest of it um and you know gordon ramsay's done pretty well out of it yeah but with our profession and um, the majority of people listening to this there is no hours um, you can have your conventional hours but if you want to get on in um, this business there's no hours you know you're yeah shadowing people you're doing fashion week you're traveling the world um sometimes you have to spend your own money to meet that person in in the other side of the country or the other side of um uh, london and then you know there's no asking for time back so that's that's interesting but um the the person who wants to kind of um get into hairdressing they just automatically want to earn forty thousand plus yeah. And that's not going to happen. It's a, a progression. But um, to wind this up, one thing about you which I um, absolutely admire, and I kind of should have said it from 
the beginning. You just seem to me so fearless when it comes to doing things. Um, and I, I know you, you touched upon um, what you said, you know, you, your team, whatever, but you, you just seem to be very fearless because most people in business, especially hairdressing, because, uh, you know, we've all got somebody saying you can't do this. It seems to me you just do it. Yeah, I, I've got to be honest. I mean, sometimes I, there are, there is some fear there. I'd be lying. If I, <laughs> you if hide I it well. It wasn't. When we um, when we moved here to the farm, we were leaving our house where we used to live in in Hove, you know, down in Brighton, and there was this dining room table at the back of the house, and I was looking at it as a, the removal men were taking everything away, and I was thinking, wow, the stuff that had gone on there, you know, from obviously dinner with the family and the rest of it, but there was a lot of board meetings there was a lot of jumping around the room with elation one minute because you've just got your products into america and there was you know there's some nights there you know where we're at the head in hands going god how do we pay the next vat bill and you know and it, it, it there's been fear several times and there's been real oh god what are we going to do this could all come toppling over now you know and i i've always thought you know i've heard people say it in the past look no one can take away things like your health or your family or your, you know, so what would really, if you did really, you know, and, and, and things at some point are moving in the right direction, other points you have setbacks, mm. really, what is the worst that could, you know, none of this is going to kill us, is it? You know, and, I, and I've heard other people, I try and listen to a lot of other, I don't know, anything, sports people, entrepreneurs, whatever, you know, you try and listen to a lot of people's biographies. I've heard a lot of people say, the whole thing's just a game. The whole thing's just a game, you know? And if you don't, if you get too het up or stressed about things, it's only going to damage your own health. So you try and live by that a little bit. But you, you've got, of course, everyone's got fear and, you know, everyone is scared of certain things or that you're worried or stressed about certain things. You've just got to try and return back to some sort of mantra that you believe in, haven't you? So one quick thing. And it's not quick, but um, I know you're going to summarize it for me. You won um, business director three times. And uh, we all know uh, the British Business Awards, um, uh, oh, sorry, the British Business Hairdressing Awards is pretty British substantial. British Hairdressing Business Awards. Yeah. PHPAs. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> substantial. And you have to kind of absolutely know, um, you know, uh, dot um, the I's, cross the T's. So what, what did it mean uh, winning for a third time? You know, really grateful, you know, for the people that voted that way and un understood the story. Um, you know, I, I, my personal belief is whatever you're doing in life, whether it's a creative skill or, or any type of skill, You've, it's, you've, got to, you've got to be able to earn a living from it. So I think we should be teaching our apprentices. Look, and, and that's all Dennis and Malcolm were doing with us. They, they, they were very passionate haircutters, but they'd be like this saying, right, we're going to cut this line, this geometric line, and we're going to invite the person, we're going to make sure when they're at the desk, they're going to book back in four weeks or six or whatever, you know. And they were, they were drumming that commercial awareness into you at the same time. And you know, sometimes you'd get the usual thing of somebody going, oh, well, I'm an artist. I don't really care about, you know, request rate or recommending retail products or whatever. 
and they would just look as if to go and, and you so you looked at them as artists you looked at them as really cool people but anyone that made a comment like that the, the culture was that it would be like well what on earth are you talking about you've got to you've got to make a living from what you're doing and it just became culture and if you I think you could speak to any of those people who, who came out of sax, whether it's Nick Irwin on the session side or Gary Hooker and Michael Young, you know, um, have built a great business and a great creatively. Um, Andrew Barton, you know, the, the, the Tracy Gallagher, you know, there's a load of people in there that have built. And I, I believe in that. I believe in you've got to be aware enough. There's so many people that the businesses go wrong because they're not guided properly. And I, I always say to anyone I know, look, phone me up because all this stuff is pretty simple if it's been drummed into you since you were a young kid. Um, long conversations with Anthony Moscolo, and he always felt like that as well. I think he, he was from a family business where everyone had to play their part. Um, and they both had to do, they all had to do a bit of creative and a bit of business and a bit of, and I, I, I love that. I think we've got to teach our, our people coming through at the apprentice level. Look, commercially, what's the point in cutting an amazing bob if all you're going to do is take a photograph of it? You know, you've got to, you've got to do that so your client goes out loving it and wants, wants to come back with you in six weeks' time. And then, you know, on the strength of that, can you just extend that and build a team? And if you've got a team, you've got a salon. You know, and, and that's what I think, you know, and, and it, the more success we have as an industry, it, it, but it's learned. I hate it when people go, oh, I'm I, I'm creative, so I don't do business or you're a businessman. So you're too boring to be creative. I think that's a load of rubbish because, you know, Vivian Westwood can do both. Gordon Ramsay can do both. Um, Paul Smith can do both. Uh, you know, there's loads of them. You know, Damien Hurst, Noel Gallagher. Are they not successful business people as well? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, that's and, and hairdressers. We've got to believe we can do both because it, yeah. it's not. Well, it's I not believe difficult, in, is it? We've got I to believe cut somebody's hair, and they've got to come back six weeks later and pay us. For Absolutely, it. Mark. I believe in you, and I believe in myself. So, on behalf of um, Errol Douglas uh, Club and uh, my podcast, Errol and Friends, uh, thank you, and uh, I will be seeing you. I love that expression. <laughs> and, I'll be seeing you. <laughs> and, uh, You're going to do that at the same time. Yeah, I know. No, 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 we don't go there. Um, but, yeah, thank you very much. And um, I know uh, a lot of people um, you're a role model to. So uh, thank you very much. And, and I can still say this because, um, yes, this is a start off and an amazing uh, 2022. And, um, you know, I wish you all... Ah, it's not even luck. Well, I just want Errol, you to keep rising to the top. You're one of my role models, and thank you for the inspiration along the way. Amazing what you're doing, and I'm so glad you're doing this platform. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Errol Douglas and Friends podcast. Check out our Errol Douglas Club Instagram and website in the link below. Follow us and click the bell to be notified. Until the next time.